It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can Peyton Thorne have one of the best passing seasons in Auburn history? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Hanging out with us today is Justin Hokinson of AuburnLive.com and on three. And I want to start things off before we get to Jarquez Hunter, what numbers he can have, before I kind of touch on Jalen McLeod, can he hit double-digit sacks this season? Hoke, let's discuss Peyton Thorne. I believe, and the bar is pretty low with all of this, when you look at Auburn passing seasons historically, but I believe, Hoke, that Peyton Thorne can have a top three season all time for passing yards for a quarterback. Your initial thoughts on that? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know what the top three are. Okay. You got to right. help me out. I can help you out with that. I can help you out with that. So, uh, Damian Craig in 97 through for 3277. The second best passing season ever in Auburn history in 2017 was Jarrett Stidham. He threw for just over 3,100. And then Cam Newton in 2010, obviously, threw for 2,854. So, a 3,000 yard passing season would do it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. Yeah, you're right. That speaks more to Auburn's, um, you know, history of running the football and lack of prolific receivers and just kind of how it sort of played out over the decades. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in this day and age and the spread offense and what Hugh Freeze wants to do, try to go vertical, try to play with tempo. Um, I think it's possible. I mean, that's a big year right off the bat, 3,000 yards. Even in today's college football, I mean, that's a really good year. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're crazy for thinking Peyton Thorne could go 27, 2,800, could try to approach that. I mean – Gets him in the uh, conversation at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think that's a crazy thought. Um, I think touchdowns would be a lot harder to predict. Um, you know, it depends on red zone – um, you know, production and do they run the ball more there and can guys make plays after the catch? And um, so there's a lot more maybe that goes into to touchdowns, but I could see him him racking up some yards. Um, what was his best season? Off, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know what his best season at Michigan State was. What was that 11 and one season for Peyton Thorne up there um, yardage wise? But yeah. Well, just for you know, last year, he threw for 2,679, which to me is pretty like, I mean, that that's one of the best passing seasons in Auburn history. If we were to do this, now was his down season. Last year, or two years ago, he threw for 3,240. Yeah. When they won 11 games. Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, assuming he starts every game, assuming he plays, now the one, you know, the one X factor is Robbie Ashford. Totally. Um, in, in what his role is. But, you know, I think we think even if Robbie plays a role, it's short yardage, it's maybe red zone, it's, some different points on the field, but I don't, I don't think any, I don't think we anticipate Robbie getting drives, you know, like can like dr drive after drive in the SEC. I can see maybe Robbie getting some drives in the beginning, like against 
um, you know, UMass, maybe Sanford getting some work in. But I think once the SEC sure. play starts, I think Robbie will get plays. I don't think Robbie will get drives. So I, I don't necessarily think he'll greatly impact Peyton's ability to try to go to 27, 2800 plus yards. So, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy at all to, to think he can get there because of the style um, of the offense. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of an interesting point that you bring up with Robbie. It's like if if we were at the end of the year and Robbie had, I don't know, 800 yards, I think that'd be a successful season for Robbie, right? I think probably four or 500 would be on the ground and then the rest would be through the air. And I may be underselling him. I don't, I don't know. But I just think most of Robbie's snaps, like you said, in, in short yardage situations, I think he's got the potential to take touches away from... Jarquez Hunter or Damari Austin or Brian Batty or Jeremiah Cobb. I, I think a lot of that is going to be designed run stuff and they'll pass out of it too. I hope, I think that would be beneficial for everyone on the field on the Auburn side. Anyway, if, if they were going to pass it with Robbie as well, but I'm with you. I, I do think Robbie's going to have an impact, but I, I think he's going to limit some touches from the running backs, not necessarily Peyton Thorne throughout the year. Yeah, and I think the other factor is um, is the defense. I, I don't think the defense is going to be, you know, dominant by any means. I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be okay. Um, and so I think Auburn's going to have to score points. I don't, I don't think this is a team that's going to trot out there a, a top four defense in the league and and be able to play to the defense or run the ball or things like that. I mean, I think they're going to they're going to have to score points in in the SEC, I mean, especially you look at look at some of the teams on the schedule and and I mean, not just Georgia and Alabama, but LSU with Jaden Daniels and Bobby Petrino at A&M, KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, and like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and Jackson Dart coming back, like everybody's scoring points. I mean, everybody's scoring points. So, um I think it's I think it's going to be a deal where they're going to go into games knowing, hey, we're probably going to have to score 28, 30 probably to win. I mean, there's going to be very few games where Auburn probably wins an SEC game, you know, 21-7. That, that's not happening, I don't think. So did you think? I, did you feel that way before fall camp? Because I feel less confident about the defense now than I did a month ago. Yeah, same. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know that it's anything specific. I guess I've just, ha I've just got more data and have thought about it more. And, you know, I guess you sort of see who's out there along that defensive front, defensive line, front seven, and yeah. you kind of get a better look at maybe who's out there. And I guess that's the additional data. And you're thinking, OK, I'm just not for me, it's a depth issue. I think they've got some decent starters sprinkled in there, but I, I don't see the depth needed to to be the kind of to, to be a really, really good defense in the SEC. You have to have too deep. You have to well, too deep across the board. I'm not sure I see that. So I think they're going to be OK. But but, um, you know, maybe they can be opportunistic. That might be their strength if, yeah. with Ron Roberts, maybe. But I think because of that, Peyton Thorne's going to have plenty of chances to be aggressive, throw the ball downfield and try to, you know, hit that twenty eight hundred plus yard mark. How important is a Shane Hooks getting a thousand yards or a Jair Shorter getting close to that number? Or um, I don't think it would happen out of the slot, but a Jay Fair, Javaris Johnson getting to a thousand yards or do you think they can get to that point by truly spreading the football around? That's a good question. Um, I think that, I mean, you listen to Hugh Freeze the other day, say almost every year he's, he has, he's got a thousand yard receiver. He's got close to it. So, you know, that certainly makes it think 
either his offense, um, you know, creates that or, or it's necessary to get that. Um, sure. And then you look at the Auburn receivers and I don't see a plethora of playmakers. So if they're going to be successful, I, I think, I think it might take, I don't know if, if they've got a guy that can get to a thousand or even get close. I don't know. You got to be consistent to do that. And even Shane hooks, we, we heard is not consistent yet. So, but I do think they need a guy. Um, I do think they need a guy. I think that's one of the things over the past few years that's hurt them is that it's just there's no rhyme or reason to how you're throwing the ball. And if you've got a couple of guys you you can you think are playmakers, I think Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery will target them. I don't think they're just mm-hmm. going to call the play and ignore a playmaker and call the play, which is what Harson and them would do. Um, I think they'll target a playmaker. So I think Hooks could get close. I think he could – I think that, like, I think he could be in the ballpark. When I say in the ballpark, I could see Hooks finishing with 750, maybe 800, where you're like, hey, you know, where at some point in the season you're like, if things keep going that way, he could maybe knock on the door type yeah. deal, but he's got to be more consistent. Shorter is another one. His yards per catch is so good and such a down – he is fast, man, for his size. He's another guy that – you know, if he gets enough catches at that yards per catch, the way they want to use him, he could rack up the yards pretty quick. Kind of agree with you out of the slot, probably going to be tough because those guys are going to be used in a way that I feel like is more possession totally. than stretching the field. I think hooks and shorter are your best bets at trying to get that. Probably hooks because he's he's pretty good after the catch too. So um, I think it'd be beneficial if, if one of those guys made a, made a run at it. Yeah, I don't think Auburn's got the receiving core to go to have – you know, a bunch of guys with 400 yards. I, I, I'm not sure. I think they need a couple guys to step up and be studs. I'm with you. I'm with you. And they may try to spread it around. I'm just not sold that that's the best thing to do at this point. But we will see. What kind of season can Jarquez Hunter have? We'll discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make the best and most comfortable style shorts Ever. They make you look good. They make you feel good. They've got this stretch khaki material that's designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and giving you that truly sculpted look. I've told you all before, my wife loves when I wear my bird dogs. I think that's the best endorsement that you possibly possibly could have. Also, they're just so versatile. I went to the gym in mine earlier today. You can wear them out to dinner. You can do whatever you want in your bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code Locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for that free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Justin, this locked on podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found. Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals 
and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilkinson, our guest of AuburnLive.com. Jarquez Hunter, 1,200-yard rusher. Yay or nay? What say you? I say no. No, no, no. And now I would have said um, in the spring, I might have said yes. Um, but now I, I don't think so because I think Damari Alston has come on enough that I think he's going to get a decent amount of carries that are going to, mm-hmm. that are going to, um, you know, affect Jarquez's ability to get to 1200 yards. You know, does he get to a thousand? Do what? Does he get to a thousand? Um, I think you can make the argument that Auburn doesn't have a thousand yard rusher this year. I know. I think my, like my gut, my, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. My gut is, is that, you know, Jarquez finishes in the nine hundreds yeah, and Mari finishes in the eight hundreds. And, um, that's kind of my gut, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Jarquez is at nine fifty, and his yards per carry is really good. And Damari is at, well, I think his yards per carry will be about average. I think it'll come back down to earth a little bit from what you're used to seeing from Jarquez, which is six plus. He's going to be the guy. So I think Damari is the guy that's going to have the higher yards per carry, I think, and that sort of in that reserve role. But I could see Jarquez being in the 900s rushing and, and Damari being, you know, at 800. And, you know, combined, they, you know, they kind of do, they, they get the work done. But he could get, you know, 400, three, 400, something like that. And of course, we're, we're, we're assuming the offensive line lives up to the billing and all that, which I think they'll do a good job. So, and then even Jeremiah Cobb probably won't get much, but he'll get some, he might get a carry here or there, but mm-hmm. I think Demario Austin's emergence is what will impact Jarquez not getting to 1200. If Jarquez gets to 1200 with the way Demario Austin's played and with the role Demario Austin's going to play, then Jarquez Hunter, I mean, like that will be an amazing sign for this offense because I think Austin's going to have a really good season. So if Hunter gets the 1,200, Austin's not going to be sitting over there. He's getting some carries. And so yeah. if Hunter, Hunter does that, man, Auburn's going to be in great shape. But, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a thing where Hunter's knocking on the door, but mm-hmm. might not get there. But Austin's going to have 800, and, and those two combined are going to are going to be, you know, are going to have some serious production, maybe 15 total touchdowns type deal. Well, and we could circle it back to, to the Robbie Ashford thing. I mean, he's going to yeah. run the ball a ton too. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's just a lot of guys – they're going to be getting carries on the ground, and so it almost would be, it almost would be a surprise if somebody were to get to a thousand, or or in this case, twelve hundred yards on the ground. But that doesn't necessarily mean the running game is going to be poor or bad. I just think there's going to be so many guys, and there's no reason to run Jarquez Hunter into the dirt this year, which I think is a great situation for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, yeah, and and you mentioned Ashford. That's a good point too. I don't know, you know, I don't know with his role. We, we're going to see kind of what his. We don't really know. I mean, the first three games are non-conference, so Robbie will get maybe more run that he normally would. We sure. don't know for SEC play. Like, okay, what's Robbie's role in an SEC game? What does the offense need to look like? And how many carries does Robbie get when every single possession matters? How many times are we throwing Robbie in to run and and and, and do that kind of stuff? But. But look, I mean, a handful of carries every game adds up, and it takes away opportunities um, for 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 Jarquez and those guys. I would say if if uh, if Robbie were the guy, I think Jarquez might have a better shot because I think he'd have more opportunities at some running lanes and things like that. But yeah, I, agree I think that. no, I think I think Auburn doesn't get a thousand yard rusher, um, which is man, they had that string every year going back to Ben Tate 
and you had that run all the way, you know, thousand yard rushers from you know, Trey Mason and Cap and on and on. But then recently they've tanked and didn't get there, I don't think. And so they've they've kind of struggled to get there. But I think this year will be a little different in that if they don't get there with a thousand yard rusher, I think it'll be okay. It won't be indicative of a of, of a poor rushing attack. Uh, or an av- or even an average rushing attack, the way maybe the past few years have. If they don't get there, I think I think there's a possibility that you have two guys that either one of them could have gotten there on their own. And yeah. so if they don't get there this year, it won't be indicative of necessarily a poor rushing attack. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think Jarquez Hunter as a player mm-hmm. will benefit from Demari Austin being that true one B, which it seems like he's going to be. The interesting thing in this is Brian Batty because. You, you said three or 400 yards, and he may have the same amount receiving as he does rushing. I don't know. That may be a stretch. We'll see. But he looks so good running the football. And so he may be a guy that gets more touches than, than we realize. And when we saw him, we saw, or, or I guess we heard him, you know, his first scrimmage, it sounds like he was the best-looking running back in that first scrimmage. I didn't hear as many highlights from him in the second scrimmage, Hoke. Maybe you heard differently, but just how they're going to use him to complement Hunter and Austin is one of the things I'm looking forward to most about this offense. Yeah, he's, he's, he's intriguing. I mean, I don't think anybody knows exactly. And I, and three, 400 rushing might be over overshooting it for him. It might. Um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe it's 300, but I think his ability to pop the big run is what's going to help him. He, he's going right. to, you know, he, he could have a few carries, but, they're going to be 10 yards a pop and and those, those could really add up or he breaks off a 50 yarder against Sanford in a, in a, in a 40 yarder against New Mexico state, you know? And, um, and so I think, I think his big playability, but yeah, how they use him is, is one of the more, might be more intriguing than even Robbie. I think we kind of have an idea of what it'll look like with Robbie change of pace or, you know, certain situations, Brian Batty um, is, is just more interesting because you've got two really capable running backs ahead of him. But he's so quick and so fast. Um, you know, I mean, I, you think about being able to use tempo and run on people. And then if you can get, if you can start to tempo somebody and then be able to substitute Batty in with his speed, boy, I would hate to be a defender and be a little fatigued in the in the late third quarter. And, and all of a sudden Batty starts getting in there and you're like, I'm chasing, now I'm chasing this guy around. It could be difficult if he's used correctly. He could really make it hard on some teams that are, that are getting a little tired, but so much is going to depend on how that first half goes to make those teams tired. But yeah. He's, yeah. he's going to be super intriguing. Cause you don't, you don't want to take Jarquez Hunter out of the game and you don't want to take Damari Austin out of the game. You know, that's two really good guys to try to make room for Batty and trying to get him worked in. So I'm just interested to see how that plays out in practical terms against Texas A&M and against Georgia. Do they, do they, will they really pull Hunter out and pull Austin out? and go to Batty in some of these situations. I think they will. I think it's just going to be up to him to when he gets those ch- chances, make it pay, make it, make, make it pop when he gets those opportunities um, so that they can justify taking Jarquez Hunter or Demario Austin out of the game. Who gets more touches per game? Robbie Ashford or Brian Batty? Um, Robbie. I'll go Robbie. I'll go Robbie for now. Okay. Just because, yeah, I think he's more of a, 
I think I think Robbie's value at the quarterback position is greater than Batty's value at the running back position. I think Batty's got two guys ahead of him that can do a lot of what he can do. I mean, he's mm-hmm. different. Batty's different. He's smaller and he can he he can do some crazy things. But there's two guys ahead of him that are really good. Robbie, there's nobody like him at quarterback for all. You're right. I think You're his right. value there gives Robbie an edge up and maybe getting more. More snaps. I mean, Robbie, look, he can even get in there and, and be used as a decoy. And he gets in there and, and, and you know, they take a, a deep shot. Or he gets in there and they run some kind of, you know, and they're, all eyes are on him and he does something that's not running the ball. There's ways to use him. So I would go Ashford right now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Just asking the question yeah. for sure. All right, does Auburn have an elite pass rusher, specifically Jalen McLeod? Can he record 10 sacks this season? We discuss next right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I encourage you to join the Lockdown Auburn Discord. It's free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Justin Hokinson of AuburnLive.com. When you look at Jalen McLeod, of course, the, the Jack linebacker that transferred from App State, what kind of year can he have? Can he be, well, I think Auburn's had 11 players with double-digit sack seasons. Can Jalen McLeod have that? Because I almost think that he has to if Auburn is going to turn the corner and be what they want to be on defense. Because I just don't see anybody else that you've got to look at in this front seven and say, we've got a game plan for you. I think McLeod is in unless Keldrick Falk really kind of hits the ground running a little even more than we're expecting him to as a true freshman hope. Yeah, my, my, my first gut reaction when you asked this was no. Because just thinking it through that Jack position, you know, how many how much how many times is he rushing? How much is he dropping back? Being asked to drop back, I, I don't exactly know what his role will be in terms of like maybe a true defensive end that's pretty much coming out with the quarterback constantly or has those opportunities. How much is he going to be playing in coverage that takes away some opportunities that could that could be a sack? Um, but man, the more I think about it, I mean you talk to people inside the program and and they just rave about it. Like not just, they don't just say he's a really good player. They're like, he's a freak. He's special. Yeah. It's he, like, it takes them a second to gather themselves to be able to actually answer the question about him. Yeah. I mean, high accolades, yeah. like this dude's got a motor and he's got abilities and, and leverage that, that, you know, can make him a tough. And so I, I think he can get there. I mean, you, you talk to him, he's so motivated. Um, his mindset is awesome, and I think the guy's a pro in how he approaches it. Um, and so he, you know, he talked about somebody asked him, "What do you want to improve on before the season?" And he was like, "Technique. Got to get my technique down." I mean, just the way he speaks and I think thinks, I think translates into production. Then you talk about how his, how talented he is. Uh, there's a lot of great things that can come together to create a guy that goes out and gets double digit sacks in the SEC. Um, I think they're going to turn him loose a lot. I think they're going to need to. 
We know Ron Roberts wants to create turnovers and wants to wreak havoc. He's kind of unique in that defense. There's nobody else like him. Um, and so I think it's absolutely possible he gets there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he will or not, but I could easily see, look up and, and see him having, um, you know, 10 and a half sacks this year. I really could. Yeah. The last player in Auburn history to have 10 sacks was Jeff Holland in 2017. And that was a great year. That was a fun year. Can he have that type of level of impact? He kind of reminds me of Jeff Holland a little bit from a pass rusher standpoint. But like you said, we don't know how much he's going to be asked to, to drop back into coverage. I don't think that's necessarily his strength. He wasn't particularly great at that at App State, the little times that he was asked to do that. So I am curious to see what exactly that looks like. He had six sacks last year at App State, but sounds like he was the guy to block. Does Auburn have enough talent along the offensive front to draw attention away from McLeod? That's an interesting conversation. Like, is there ever a situation where you've got to circle Marcus Harris or circle Keldrick Falk or uh, Steven Sings if they have two jacks on the field at the same time in that given situation? Elijah McAllister, it sounds like he had a really good scrimmage uh, this past Saturday. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's almost like, yes, I think Jalen McLeod has the talent to do it, but Ron Roberts' scheme and other players have to step up for him to get to double-digit sacks. And I don't think it's out of the question, Hoke. Yeah, and I think you're right. You know, players like Jason Jones and Justin Rogers have, have got to step up to the plate sure. and demand double teams. And 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 that's how you get them, right? If, if one of those guys plays two yards in the backfield and forces the quarterback to move in the pocket, next thing you know, McLeod's in, in, in position to make a sack. Um, and then I asked about coverages because I don't know in that defense how often is McLeod at the line of scrimmage. Maybe he's not blitzing, but how often is he playing around the line of scrimmage where he can maybe get a cheap sack somewhere? Versus is every time he's coming, is it a blitz situation? Like is every time he's coming, it's does he have an opportunity to be around the line when he's not necessarily blitzing, but he's can get a cheap sack here and there. That would be nice too. But you're right. Some of those guys are going to have to step up and create opportunities. He can't just be the guy trying to beat somebody, chase it down and in, in an otherwise clean pocket. Um, Keldrick Falk's going to have to step up and make plays. A blitzing linebacker could force some things into his, um, into his area. But I could see, I could see, I could see him getting the double digit sacks. I can definitely see him being, you know, his pressures being pretty high. I definitely think Jalen McLeod at, at minimum is going to be a guy that creates a, a ton of pressures. And then we'll see if other guys can clean it up. But yeah, I think who would it, who was it before Holland? I mean, do you have to go back to, you have to go back to, uh, let's see, D Ford was 2013. Ford. That was the, the one right before that. Then Nick Fairley in 2010. Oh gosh, the both those got the double. I was thinking back to I know Quentin Groves, I think, got there. Um Quentin Groves has 10 and 06. Uh yeah. Kevin Green. So Nick Fairley has a record with 12. Kevin Green in 84, Craig Ogletree in 89, and Gary Walker in 94. They all have 11. Uh with D Ford, excuse me. D Ford has 11 as well. And then Gerald Robinson, all these guys have 10. Gerald Robinson in 85, Mike Pelton in 94, Antonio Coleman in 09. Reggie mm -hmm. Torbor in 03, Jeff Holland in 17, and Quentin Groves in 16. So, I mean, God. those guys had some seasons. Uh, that's a list, man. It's a good list. And it's just, it also shows how stupidly talented Nick Fairley was when he tried um, to, to be a defensive tackle and, and have that many sacks. Like that, that is um, monster. That's remarkable. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think McLeod can, can push it. We'll have to see kind of how the defense sets up and, 
Right. How much does Sings play? How much does McAllister play? Like you're saying, is there kind of a rotation early on? Or does is Sings the man and he's going to get the majority of the snaps? If he does, I think he's got a chance. If there's kind of a rotation across that whole defensive front, then that's going to that's going to limit his chances, obviously. Yeah, and I'm looking at this. So he rushed the passer last year 201 times and had six sacks, eight hurries, or sorry, eight quarterback hits and 23 hurries. So not a bad pressure rate for sure. So hopefully he can keep that trend going. I think he'll have more pass rush snaps than that this year, but we'll see what that Jack rotation looks like. Hoke, how can people check out everything you guys got going on at Auburn Live these days? Yeah, just go to auburnlive.com, subscribe. I think they started a deal, by the way, where if you uh, if you subscribe, if you're a new customer, I think it's a dollar for the first month. So it used to be like a free trial week. So if you're a new subscriber, go to auburnlive.com and you get your first month for a dollar, and then it just kicks into the normal rate. So um, that's a pretty sweet deal. That's for any new customer at any point from now on, you get that first month for a buck. So it's it's uh, it'd be crazy to not go give it a try for a month and and um, you know, be a part of the community and see how it goes. So yeah, auburnlive.com, man, we'd love to have you. Yep, a dollar for a month, that's totally worth it. It's totally mm-hmm. worth it. Be sure to check out all my written work at auburndaily.com and follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.